Welcome to another episode of the Worklife Podcast. To find out more about the Worklife Hub and to listen to other episodes, please go to www.worklifehub.com. Welcome to another episode of the Worklife Hub Podcast. I am your host, Agnes Uheretsky. If this is the first time that you are tuning in, let me just say a few words about this podcast. We speak to authors, researchers, business thought leaders, for them to share their knowledge and insight on work-life balance, leadership, culture change and organizational development. In our work at the Worklife Hub, we help companies reform their workplace to create a culture that embraces diversity and work-life balance. We are passionate about building vibrant and engaging workplaces that are great for employees and customers. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can do this via Twitter at WorkLifeHub, on our LinkedIn page or on our website. We're always happy to hear how you like the podcast or any other ideas that you would like to share with us. And now, on with the show. Welcome to the listeners of the WorkLife podcast. This is your host, Agnes, and today I have this great privilege to be joined by Maura Byrne. Hello, Maura. Hello, Agnes. Uh, Lovely to talk to you this morning and to all your listeners. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Um, We are going to be speaking because um, Maura is the founder and CEO of Horizon, which is the largest event for working women in Ireland, and it's coming up on Thursday to Saturday, the 28th to the 30th of April 2016. And we're going to be talking about the event, but also about uh, empowering women in general. Maura started out working in the conference sections of Enterprise Ireland, um, sticking labels onto envelopes and answering the phone. And she studied marketing in the College of Marketing and Design by night for four years, and then moved into the large exhibition business. From there, she worked on trade and consumer fairs and moved to the UK to head up Galileo's airline software trials in 18 different countries. So I guess, Maura, you have a a wonderful story to tell about what it meant for you to break through. So would you just tell listeners a little bit about yourself and and your journey and how you got to, to where you are now? Yes, Agnes. Um, well, like a lot of uh, women, when you start out, uh, you're not very confident and, uh, you know, you start in your first job and you're not sure uh, of your direction or what you can achieve. Um, but I um, I worked for Enterprise Ireland, which is a very large organization, a state-run uh, organization. And it was fantastic because uh, we were in a team, the communications department, uh, which ran uh, lots of events and published technical magazines. And uh, so it was a very outward uh, department and a good department to be in. And it suited my personality um, because I like um, to uh, do lots of different things. I'm a good mm-hmm. lateral thinker in that. Um, and then I was studying, as you said, I studied marketing, which was, was fantastic. Um, uh, degree because it's quite broad, but it's also um, it's very good on uh, you know the the sort of uh, research scientific side of. Uh, 
consumer consumers and research and trade and all of all of those sections. So, um, and of course, of course, there's um, always a financial side to it and an economic side too. So I really enjoyed that. Um, and then I moved uh, abroad. I got um, quite uh, quite a big job um, working and uh, traveling internationally for. Um, uh, Galileo, an airline software company, um, and that was a brilliant uh, time in my life. Very busy because I was traveling a lot, um, but it was a new product and it was sort of the late 80s when software, um, you know, airline software was just at its beginning. So it was really exciting to be involved in an international startup business. Um, and um, then I moved back to Ireland and um, I uh, did various different events and then I set up my own business uh, with a very large consumer event. So this was when you spotted the gap in the market and created the baby and kids show. Yes. Um, well, actually, what happened was, Agnes, that I got pregnant myself. And uh, when I was pregnant, I was thinking, my God, there's there's no uh, event for pregnancy or for after uh, you have a, a when you have young children and that, so I did a bit of research and some focus groups and all of that, and uh, of course I discovered that there was uh, tens of thousands of women all having babies and all uh, looking for um, one large event with with talks and with exhibition stands. Um, to, you know, to navigate them through the whole process of pregnancy and all the information and all of that, and not just pregnancy, but after pregnancy. So uh, I started that in um, it's a long time ago now, 1995, and I think I had a target of five to 10,000 visitors, and we got 15,000 visitors the first year. And by the second year, we had over, th over 30,000 visitors. Wonderful. How yeah. wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and then you uh, went back to studying child psychology? Yes, I did. I've always been interested in uh, study and courses. And yes, I went back and I studied uh, child psychology. And I also did a, a coaching course. I did a, a nine month uh, uh, coaching, um, business coaching course as well. And you wrote some children's books. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's completely the other side. Uh, I had been saying for years that um, I would like to write a book. I mean, most of us uh, would like to write a book and there is a book in most uh, most people or all of us, really, there is a book. But um, I so I did a course uh, and my tutor was very um, supportive and said, look, I think you need to pursue this. So I did and um, I wrote five books and I had one published and then I got into um teaching from that and I did some projects. Uh, I did two years of projects with uh, Trinity College Dublin, uh, a project called Bookmarks, uh, where inner city children um, learn how to write their own book. Uh, so that was really brilliant work, really enjoyed it because um, you know, a lot of, of these children really would have been encouraged, you know, to be creative. And um, we got amazing results, actually. We, we would have um, worked over a period of a couple of months with last year, I think, 86 uh, children. And um, a lot of them actually had um, learning difficulties, well, from dyslexia, you know, whatever, to autism. And uh, it was just amazing to see them develop um, uh, into little writers and produce work and stories, you know, so really enjoyed that. Wonderful. Now, before we come uh, to the main topic of our uh, conversation today, the Horizon organization and event, let me just pick up on, on perhaps also your 
life and career because I actually just yesterday spoke to another uh, female entrepreneur and she said to me that, you know, I'm struggling with my website because I'm doing and have done so many different things that I don't know how to present it. And I'm just feeling that clients uh, would maybe be confused. And, and I just think it's so wonderful that you have really had the courage, the opportunity to do pursue all of these things. And I'm sure that probably you feel that they have come together now as, as one cohesive experience that fuels your, your drive. Yes, you're right. I think um, everything in your life, as as you get older, everything is like a building block. Um, and um, I find certainly that um, my experiences do inform me and help me with with Horizon and really led up to this because um, I've always been interested in women. I actually did a women's studies course in University College Dublin as well about 30 years ago. So I've always been hugely interested in, um, you know, information, if you like, and empowerment and advancement of women. And that's what Horizon is all about. It's it's all about that, about championing, championing women uh, to, you know, to achieve more and to have more confidence. So tell us a little bit about Horizon. Yeah, well, first of all, the, the spelling just for your listeners, if they want to check check it out, it's www.horizon, it's H-E-R-I-Z-O-N.ie. Um, so the name was interesting, Agnes, because again, we did focus group research and uh, women told us that they didn't like uh, uh, being clubbed together like in a group like women and they didn't yeah. like titles, you know, for books or for products, insurance products or whatever it is that had the word women in them. So we came up with the word horizon um, I worked with a great copywriter on this and uh, it's a play on two things. So it's got her in it, H-E-R, and then horizon, horizon, broadening your horizons. So that's what this event is all about. It's about broadening horizons, looking for opportunities, seeing all the possibilities that are, are open to women generally in their lives and in their careers. So the um, event is going to take place in Ireland. Yes. Um, and, and why did you feel that this is the time for such an event? What are perhaps still some of the existing barriers, but what are also the opportunities where, where this event can find its time and place now? Yes. Well, um, in Ireland is different from from all other countries um, we uh, we're a very uh, special country in lots of ways we're very progressive in some ways and in other ways we're not so progressive um, but I'm a member of women for election and this year actually uh, we introduced quotas and we just had an election actually uh, but we introduced quotas for women um, and there was a bit of debate about that because you know uh, some people agree with quotas and some people don't this is uh, the quotas for the boards of the listed companies yeah uh, no, it's quotas for political, for okay. parliament, for mm -hmm. politicians and uh, for women to become involved in government. Okay. Um, basically, the research has shown that um, what's holding women back, the biggest thing that holds women back in career and in life, I suppose, and in politics, as we just talked about there, is confidence. Mm. So, um, you know, again, Horizon is all about that. We have a lot of talks around confidence and around leadership. Um, the other thing that holds women back is... Um, 
being risk averse. Yes. Now it is it is changing a little bit, um, but generally in studies, um, it's found that women, say certainly female entrepreneurs, um, are slower to take risks than men. Also, I was at an OECD meeting last week, and and there's studies that show that. Um, men, if there are grants and loans available to men, let's say when they're setting up in businesses and stuff like that, they will always, uh, you know, uh, be completely positive and go for the loans and the grants, uh, whereas women are much slower to do that. And in fact, uh, they may not seek all the funding that's available to them. So it's very interesting. It's just, again, around conservatism, I suppose, for women, they're more risk adverse. But the other thing, um, which is a big part of, of women uh, working, there are one million women working in Ireland and half of all women have children so women are mothers and you know there's lots of responsibility with that you know being a mother and then trying to uh, be out in the world working and you know uh, perhaps you're in a busy job and you're trying to progress in that job but at home you've got children and you you've got responsibilities um, so that's that's quite uh, uh, a difference, I suppose, between men. Women tend, and this is a generalization, but they tend to take on more of the responsibility with rearing children and childcare, you know, the responsibilities around that. Um, so it puts extra pressure on women then when they're at work and um, if they want to go for a promotion or a pay rise or if they've got to work, you know, if they're trying to work their, their way up in in the structure in an organization, it's a consideration for women that, you know, there is this other part of their life, a very important part of their life that they have responsibilities there. Um, and another thing for women that's a problem is is generally is cash and money, um, because I think that the pay gap is around 14 percent. So uh, now it is complicated. It's not as straightforward to say um, that, you know, because, again, uh, if women are coming in and out of work, you know, maybe taking breaks from maternity or whatever. Um, but it is a fact that uh, there is a difference between what men are paid and what women are paid. So, uh, you know, that's quite an important thing to think about um, when you're looking at women, how they progress in their in their careers and in their lives. Absolutely. I mean, you have just mentioned so many incredibly pertinent issues that are very universal yes and also topics that come you know up in in all of our podcasts uh, be it with india or the us or australia and i just don't even know where to start to to maybe unpick some of them but what you just said the last um you know the last points about about money and finances we're also supporting uh female founders through the work of the work life hub and yes and 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 a lot of the skills and knowledge that women would need around negotiation and it is just not taught anywhere yes and and, and it's almost as if um somehow money and making money would be almost actively discouraged in girls and and guys go for it i mean that's of course i'm also just generalizing but but um and it really struck me what you said in the beginning when you said about, um, you know, how many visitors came to your, your baby and kids show and what you expected and then how many came. I also yes. think that there is this risk aversion, the, the fear of failure, fear of rejection that women um, undervalue themselves. So even if they negotiate price, if they negotiate salary, they, they, they just ask very low, you know. Because yes. it reflects their, their value or, or how they perceive themselves. And 
And that's what we need to, for example, also teach. And maybe this seems to be a bit of a taboo or uh, uncomfortable, but they need to aim higher. They need to ask for more money. Absolutely. And in fact, Agnes, it needs to start before women even go to college. Yeah. Um, as I said, I'm a member of the um, Women for Election in Ireland and um, they are have been working in universities, you know, to get women onto student councils so that, you know, they're they're from that age, from the, from when they leave school and even before that in secondary school and in primary school to teach girls, you know, that it's OK to be ambitious. It's OK to ask for, you know, to value yourself and to uh, say, well, I'm worth it, you know, um, but you, you're right. You, it's a kind of a cultural thing, really. And uh, in some cultures, it's it's stronger or less you know uh, i think um in the american cultures it's probably uh women uh, go for it a little bit more maybe have more confidence but you're right negotiation skills and um, these should really all be taught in school you know when girls yeah. are younger before they even uh, go into the workplace so that they actually know look this is a level playing field i'm just as good as my male counterpart and you know i can achieve i can get on why can't i do that I mean, there's there's so many studies um, where women, you know, if, if there's a job and 10 things are needed, if a man has six of the things, the, uh, he, he will, six of the requirements, he will go for the job. If a woman has eight of the requirements, she won't go for the job because yeah. she'll be focused on the two things that she doesn't, you know, the two requirements that she doesn't have. So, I mean, I, I, I do think it's changing. Um, and that is really positive. I think it's really positive. And I think generally... Um, governments have realized, I mean, we have a speaker coming over called Maddie Sharma from uh, the European Social Commission, Economic and Social Commission. And generally, I mean, it's it's been discovered again with studies that uh, women actually um, perform better um, when they do studies. I think after the recession in America, they did studies of the companies that um, survived and the ones that were run by women uh, performed better. Now, maybe that was because the women were more conservative. I don't know what the factors were, but the statistic, statistic is that. So um, there's no reason why uh, women, uh, women are successful. Women do brilliant things. Women can achieve brilliant things. Um, it's just we, we need to have uh, the pro uh, process of different ways of showing women. And Horizon is one of those ways um, of tips and strategies. Do you know what I mean? To get confidence, yeah. to, to find your power, your own power in yourself and actually say, you know what, I can do it. I can achieve that and I'm going to go for it. And, and I mean, uh, just the studies you referred to, I think also all the financial institutions and banks that were led by women yes. uh, were performing much better even during the crisis than those led by men. Yes, and, yes. And, and um, Christine Lagarde said something quite funny when she said that if it was not the Lehman brothers, but the Lehman sisters, yes. maybe <laughs> we would have avoided all of this. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I, I watched a movie about that last, that crashed last week. And uh, I mean, it was all men, practically, yeah. you know, the whole the movie. The big was, short. Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I was really, you know, I, I wasn't surprised. But at the same time, I thought, oh, my God, there isn't a, there isn't a one woman in the room. You know, it's all, all men. Absolutely. But not to bash men, in fairness. Um, we need them and uh, their fathers and husbands and brothers and cousins and all of that. Um, and uh, but, it, you know, it, it, it as a woman, I think uh, 
yes, we we women can achieve enormous amounts. We're amazing and we're brilliant and uh, we can do more. Absolutely. Now, would you like to maybe tell a little bit more about the event? Um, what is going to happen? Um, who is welcome? And also, I know you have a special prize, an early bird prize, if you would like to tell listeners about that too. Yes, I will. Um, just actually, you did mention, uh, just before I move on to that, if you don't mind, Agnes, I do sure. want to say that in Ireland, um, only 10% of publicly quoted companies have a female board member. Uh, so that's, that is changing. Um, but it's it's quite a shocking figure, really, um, when you think about it. Now, the figure goes up to 36% when you include private companies. Companies. So it's a little bit better, but obviously we'd like it to be at 50%, you know, if we can. And yeah. hopefully we work towards that over the coming years to do that. Um, so, yes, Horizon is very exciting. Um, obviously, for me, I founded uh, this um, event and uh, it's, we've, got, we've now got 70 speakers over three days. So it's um, it's really brilliant. Um, we've got, I suppose, it's working women is the target market. So, but working women is made up of, uh, for us anyway, three kind of segments, if you like. There are uh, women who we would call career risers. So these would be the women who are maybe just out of college career starters and maybe junior managers to senior managers. So women who are, you know, climbing maybe in large organizations or small medium enterprises. And the second group then is uh, female entrepreneurs, and that would be owners of SMEs and startups. So, in fact, there's been uh, quite a, a jump for startups, female startups in Ireland, which is absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And quite a lot of our speakers are female startups and they're coming and they're from different industries, which mm -hmm. is great. Not, you know, some are from food, some from tech, some from fashion. Um, and a lot of these industries now are online as well, um, because that's the way business has gone. So. Um, it's just amazing the the power and the um, the number of women who are starting up uh, businesses and you know in export markets. Um, and then the third group that we're we're uh, aiming Horizon at is returners to work. So you've got a lot of women who. Um, maybe took a maternity break or um, we've had a really bad recession in this country. Uh, we had four or five years uh, where there was people were losing their jobs. So a lot of women lost their jobs actually during the recession or were made redundant. And now uh, the recession is over here and uh, people are this growth again, which is brilliant. And companies are uh, looking for talent and women are looking for jobs and opportunities. So we have in the exhibition hall, we have companies who are uh, specifically exhibiting like Sky and Defence Forces and Morgan McKinley, and they're looking for uh, female talent. Uh, because actually what SMEs are telling us now is, you know, in startups, uh, in the last few years, cash flow and money was a big problem for them, you know, in scaling up their businesses. Yeah. But now the big problem is finding talent yes. because when obviously when an economy goes into a growth cycle, uh, then, it, you know, there's lots more jobs and there's lots more competition. So, um, you know, it's it's very good. It's very positive. Yes. Wonderful. Um, so we will absolutely put these onto the, the notes also of the podcast and, and just uh, encouraging everybody to to sign up and, and come to the event. Yes. 
Um, in fact, we have um, a Twitter a Twitter account as well. If people want to follow us, we're doing lots of great updates, and it's at Horizon H E R I Z O N Event. So that's at Horizon Event. We're also doing um, a, a limited early bird uh, one day ticket for an incredible thirty nine euros, which includes talks and the exhibition hall. We've got seventy eighty exhibitors, um, including the National Dairy Council. I've mentioned the local enterprise office, the banks. Um, so it's a great day out for women, actually. A great day of networking and enjoyment and learning, obviously, you know, about empowerment and that, but then also taking, uh, making connections and going into the exhibition area as well. Wonderful. Well, I'm certainly looking forward to being there. Great. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Agnes, and thank you to all your listeners. And if anybody's listening now and they want to start a business or an enterprise or they're going to go for a promotion, I would just say go for it. It's a, it's a good time to be a woman. Absolutely. Now, um, would you like to maybe also remind listeners before we come to our last question uh, where they can reach you? Or is it the same hashtag as for the event? If, you, if they like uh, to come on... Uh, www.horizon.ie and they can send us a message there or info info at horizon.ie they can also reach me on that wonderful if they have any questions or anything great so um, coming now to the last question which is always the same on the work life podcast we always ask our guests the same question Um, if I could ask you Maura to give one advice to a CEO to advance women uh, at their work, um, what would that be? I think um, to set up mentoring in company mentoring and development for women. Um, If you're a woman yourself, you're going to do that anyway uh, because you will see other women uh, and want to bring them up uh, with you recognize your female talent, your workforce, and, you know, set up advocacy, mentoring, uh, structured mentoring um, to bring women on. And as you said um, earlier, Agnes, which was a great point, you know, uh, uh, help with negotiation, help with confidence, help with leadership, you know, and send your female team to Horizon and, and events like that, this, because that shows them champion their advancement so it's all about that about you know actually putting the time in and putting the structures in place in the company to say you know uh, our our female workforce uh, is very very is vital to our survival and we want more women to do well and we want more women to advance wonderful and and i also uh, i just couldn't agree more with with what you said because what I feel, what I experience, and especially because there are still so few women at the top, yes, that you know that's also one reason why we would need to boost board membership, yes. women in in higher positions, so that they are not alone, yes. Because I think it can feel so, as a female entrepreneur myself, uh, I think isolation is is one of the most difficult aspects to cope with, and just having safe mentoring places and sponsorship. Um, and training opportunities like the one you're organizing is is absolutely vital because it breaks you out from the isolation. You you realize that women from all over the world are facing the same issues, which are very universal, and it can make a, a whole world of difference. Yes, and I mean, there's two things that um, we everyone knows about the glass ceiling. So you look up and you can see. 
uh, the ceiling, but it's glass and you can't get you can't get to the top. But there is also a phenomenon called the sticky floor uh, syndrome, which is it's us women. We're stuck to the floor. So we actually stop ourselves and sabotage ourselves. So there are two things there are within the company and the organization, somebody as more senior to you setting up proper uh, advocacy and mentoring and a system to bring women up through the company to the to the boardroom but also uh, you know on the sticky floor side of it uh, and it works two ways that the women who are uh, you know coming up actually say no I'm not going to self-sabotage myself I can do it I can move forward and all that training advocacy and mentoring helps all that process and brings women up absolutely so thank you so much Mora, for okay. coming on the podcast lovely to talk to you agnes and all your listeners sharing all of these wonderful ideas and um, i really uh, look forward to meeting you in ireland at the end of april brilliant thank you very much agnes